Today's podcast is brought to you by Harasante Health Retreats. This is my new project, something that I have been manifesting for a number of years. And for the last two years, I've been slowly bringing this desire into being. Ryan and I have the Western Hunting Summits and an event business that over the last five years has grown from just about 25 people together in a room for three days to each year we see anywhere between 100 to 150 people from all over the country that travel to Montana to spend four valuable days with us in the backcountry. It's created a community, a, a vibe, um, friendships, things that have so enriched our lives as a couple, as a business. It's really just transformed the way that we feel about this community. That being said, I felt like there was something that I wanted to offer to women, especially women my age. In my 40s, I went through the transition transition of what we know as perimenopause, but I also had a baby in my 40s. I was raising two young children in my 40s, and I was running a business and now multiple businesses with my very successful husband. And even though Ryan is amazing, awesome, a loving father and husband, he's still a man. And sometimes he doesn't always understand my craziness or why I don't feel good or why everything just seems to be an uphill struggle. I sit all day long with women. I talk to women from the mid-30s through 60s. I talk to them about their health issues. I talk to them about their desires, their losses, their fears, um, and their futures. And this is a very pivotal time for women as we go from being reproductive people into non-reproductive, grown-up, vibrant women. And so what I wanted to do was to create a community that also catered and supported the needs of women as we get older. The other thing is I wanted to create a community of wise women who could help the younger women. I have two daughters. They have a lot to do in their life. They will have a lot of ceremonies they will go through that they'll need support and they'll need help. And some of us haven't always had that. Maybe we didn't have a mother who could tell us these stories. Maybe she didn't even understand it. Maybe we didn't have grandmothers in our lives. And women need these these people. Women need a community of women around them to be healthy. And so I wanted to create that with my new project, Hera Sante Health Retreats. Hera was a Greek goddess. She was the queen of Zeus, and she was the goddess of love, marriage, and watched over children in childbirth. She has a very complex story, but I picked Hera not only because it's the Greek word for queen, it's also representing kind of the turmoil, the love, the, the hardship, the passion, everything that is a woman. Sante is French for health. And this is where Hera Sante uh, was born. And so if you go to Hera Sante, H-E-A-R-S-A-N-T-E, retreats.com, you can see my very first flagship retreat that I'm going to be holding 
this September 7th through 10th in the beautiful Bridger Mountains outside Bozeman, Montana. This retreat is going to be uh, called, it's called Healing into Midlife, and it's for the 35 to 65-year-old woman who's looking for that community, who wants to learn more about her health, who wants to age wisely, and who wants encouragement, and to give encouragement to the younger women in our lives. We're going to eat delicious food. We're going to move. We're going to learn about our DNA. We're going to learn about our hormones. We're going to learn about traumas and letting go. We're going to enjoy each other's company, eat delicious food prepared by my friend, Scott Matura, who is in this podcast today talking about this project. If, guys, you think your wife could use something like this, Ladies, if you're listening and something like this would resonate with you, please go to harasanteretreats.com. Look for the Healing into Midlife Retreat that will be held this September. There will be an early bird price and there is a limited number of spots. It's going to be a beautiful, uh, it's going to be an amazing journey and I'm really excited to share so much stuff that I have learned in the last 20 years of my health journey with you and so that we can all move into our next phase of life with grace, wisdom, and kindness towards ourselves as well as a vibrant community of supported women that we need to thrive. HarasanteRetreats.com. Enjoy. Okay, everybody, we are back. Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. Uh, today is a very special day for me, uh, and I'm excited to be here with my friend, Chef Scott Matura, who's been on the podcast before. Um, I had a bit of a crazy morning already. Uh, I was going to be here bright and early, uh, be on time, and then uh, halfway here, and I don't live close, I realized I forgot my backpack with all my headphones in it which you can't really record a podcast very well without the headphones. And I finally got here 45 minutes later than I was supposed to, and I can't even find pieces to my equipment. So my bag was lacking, and I'm feeling a little disheveled. But we'll, we'll make it work. I feel like that's just how life is anymore, whatever. Right. Get on with it, o- onward and upward. Um, so we have a, a short time today because of my mishap. <laughs> Um, we are going to talk about some things that we've been working on, uh, that I've been thinking about for a couple of years now, actually, I mean, longer than that, but really kind of manifesting what it would look like. And, um, I think most folks know at this point that Ryan and I have an event business and that we've been doing the Western hunting summits for, oh, we started those in 2019. So five years now. Um, and those are very successful and, uh, we, and they're very unique in a way as to where we're like out in the wilds now and it's called an all-inclusive thing and people come in and camp on site and we have education, activities, hiking, food, community, etc. Um, and <clears throat> I love that model because 
the all-inclusive model is so cool that people all come together and they're in the same place. And that was really the feedback we got for the first couple of years we did it because we didn't do that the first couple of years. And so when we started doing that, we realized how beneficial that was. Um, and so what I've been manifesting and talking even with you, Scott, for probably two years now or a year, about, is, a, year. about a year, is doing um, something just for women and providing health retreats for women. Um, to start with, you know, I'm not excluding men because we love men in this community. I mean, most of the people listening to this are probably men. We, we also laugh that you want to put something together for women and you come to me. There's <laughs> a little irony there. I seem to like get away from men totally, but I, I actually think that there's a good balance in energy when you have a little bit of both, but I I wanted to create something that was a little bit more female. Um, The summits are very, there's women that come, and I'm always excited when I have more women there. Um, Ryan has worked really hard to try to make it a co-ed, all-inclusive event where women should not feel like they can't come. But 90% of the people that come are men. And that's because the hunting industry 90% 90% of the hunting industry is men. Women, right. uh, women are growing in the demographic, but it's still a very small percent. And so that just bodes to more men coming to an event like that, right? A lot more men bringing their wives and couples coming and single women coming, which is great for us, the women that are working the event to, to have more women coming, but it's, it's majority men. And the way men and women just in general work and the way they communicate and the way they um, like what they like to do in general, as far as like talking and men are very active, right? Like these summits are great because Ryan's taking them out in the mountains. You're hiking, you're, you're active, you're, you're doing stuff in groups. That's um, much more male oriented. We tend to bond by doing things with Conversation being secondary. Yes. Primarily the activity. Although deep conversations are rarely had during said activities, there's, that's a bond. For men, there's bonding. Yeah. That's a bond. Yeah. And um, I think I know that for women, it's a bit different. But really, it, it had nothing to do with that I don't want to serve men. It, it, and um, I feel like I love men and I'm so happy to be like with this podcast and everything else that I do really a goal has always been to help improve men's health. Um, and it's, it's definitely enriched our lives. It's enriched my husband's life. It's improved his health. Like, you know, him having a community of men has, has greatly improved our lives. However, (laughs) I spend most of my days sitting in a room talking to middle-aged women and also middle-aged men and they are very different even though we want to act like they're not they are in in the things that they need in the ways they communicate and I just and and I think the the way that they um, even process their health right men are and you can tell me if I'm wrong because you're a man but like 
you, you guys are somewhat like, like engineering brains where you're like, okay, here's the situation. Give me the data. I will take the data and I will use the data to make a decision, whether it's to do the treatment, not do the treatment, to improve my health, to exercise or whatever it is. And perhaps if you are a really good physician, you will get men to open up to you a little bit outside of that engineering mind. Because men will also, in a lot of cases with healthcare, they will sort of, they may not tell you everything, right? That's not their MO, like women, right? Um, And so if you're a good physician and you have a good relationship and trust with men, trust is very important um, and non-judgment is really important as it is with women, but like there's this kind of fine line, but they deal with it differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They deal with their health differently. They, they like associate with their health problems differently than women do. So we do, we do. Yeah. We compartmentalize it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I have this uh, saying that I feel like a lot of men say when they come in to see me, they say, I just don't feel like myself, but I don't know what I feel. I just don't feel like myself. Whereas women come in and because I believe the way women are wired and the way we instinctually take care of children and we tune into things with our brain that isn't as analytical, uh, we feel a lot of things, you know, and maybe even women have been guilted about this in the past is like, oh, you feel too much. Oh, quit acting like a girl. Oh, you're a sissy. You're like a girl. Don't act like a girl. And Unfortunately, it is very insulting if you're a girl to hear that, but I think that's men justifying why you shouldn't be an emotional person, right? Like, don't be so feeling, don't feel so much. And because women do feel a lot and it's just the way our hormones are, it's the way we're wired. So when women come in, they have a very different experience of even their healthcare problems. And they can usually sometimes define what they're feeling down to the most minute little thing. Whereas men are just like, yeah, well, yeah, you have to ask some questions. There has to be a lot of questions to dissolve out of them. Like, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I guess because they're not, I don't think analytically thinking the way women are about their health. No, we see it on a more macro level. And then what we do out of wherever it comes from, pride or hard exterior, who knows. But then we start to create... You know, it might manifest itself for women on the side of the emotion and for men. Just in my experience and friends at my age, it becomes sort of an inner turmoil then because they want to fix it. They think they can fix it themselves and then it gets frustrated and then that comes out then in maybe irritation with the family or frustration at work. And so none of that really helps them. I also think there's a... There is a, this, again, this generational masculine ideal that life is hard. Like if you're feeling off, it's just, that's life. Like you can't have every single day feel amazing, right? right? Men, I think are sort of used to suffering in a way where they think like, well, I'll just get all, I'll be over it tomorrow. This will be gone tomorrow. Like sometimes life is hard, you know, because men also work jobs typically that are, more physically demanding, they're out in the weather more, they're like working hard labor jobs. And so you get used to a certain sense, I think, of exhaustion. Sure. 
But as you get older and you know, right, you may get used to a couple days of exhaustion just based on what you do. But as you get older, you start to realize, well, geez, I can't really tolerate that type of exhaustion that I used to be able. Like the next day I could wake up and I'd be recovered and I'd be fine. Or now it's like I do that. It takes me four days to get back. And so that's where I think men come in and they're like, they're starting to realize they're connecting these dots where they're like, I don't know what it is, but something just isn't right. Well, as a patient, I can attest to that. And in my profession, the physical grind I could do day after day, after week, after season. And now I feel it. Yeah. Chefs have a grinding. I remember waiting tables in my twenties and just the chefs were just so stressed out the demands on them, the heat, the temperature, like just the extremes. There was so much extreme. And then it was like adrenaline right. to like, and that's why everybody drinks. Cause then you got to chill yourself out afterwards. Right. I mean, that's what I remember. And so, yeah, there's a lot of extremes there. And I think men in general are used to working under a lot of extremes. Um, yeah. And so they just kind of disassociate a little bit from maybe their health. And also one thing I, I kind of tell people is like men, they, women use most of the healthcare dollar. I would say women use most of the chronic healthcare dollar. If you want to think about pathology and men use more of the acute healthcare dollar, which means they end up in the ER having a cardiac event or they just ignored it, ignored it. So, you know, obviously my goal with Hunt Harvest Health has been to change the way in which men look at their health and to help them have fuller, healthier lives and bring that into their families and not just physically, but emotionally and mentally, all that. And that's what we're trying to get with the summits. We're trying to combine all of that together. And by the end, we're all like a big kumbaya community. So, you know, it's awesome. But for me, when I sit with women and I talk with women about their problems, it's very different than men. And a lot of the struggles women have are with men. And because there's a difference in communication, But also, I think, uh, for me, being a middle-aged woman now and talking to a lot of middle-aged women, I start kind of seeing the same theme throughout my practice. And I do see it in men, too. It's like you get to this age and you start thinking, like, well, wow, there's a lot of years behind me now than in front of me. You know, what am I doing with my life? Who, who, who am I now? Or maybe your kids grow up. Women go through this a lot. Their children start getting older, don't depend on them anymore. They grow up, they go to college. And a lot of women struggle with that because that was their whole purpose. Women tend to be the caretakers of the family. They tend to keep the home. They tend to, even if they have a full-time career job, they, they are usually doing that end. You know, you're married and you have stepchildren and you know that. So they're juggling all these balls and then they come to this point and they're like, what's happening? How, who am I? Now what? Now what? Which is a question I ask a lot. Now what? Right. Yeah. You know, internally to me, now what? Or yeah. I use it to coach friends or have conversations with my male friends. Now what? Yeah. So. So I see that theme in my practice every day. And I feel it in myself, especially in the last couple of years, um, as my children are getting older and they're needing me less. Um, and they're pulling away from me, you know, I have one who's doing that cause she's a teenager and, and you have, you have one that's doing that too as a teenager. And, and, um, you see that the change that starts to happen. So I had this like idea, of which how, brought us to last yes. year when we started. And I think to myself, how, how could I improve these women's lives? 
without having to sit in a room with them one-on-one -on -one only. Like, and how could I create the community that we've created with the Western Hunting Summit that caters more to women and that, you know, um, helps them to also gain community? Because, again, the other theme is a lot of women lose their friendships. They lose their connection with other women because they're busy taking care of their life. And they right. don't think it's important until they get to be my age. And then they're like, wow, I've made mistakes in relationships. I've let friendships go because I was too busy. Um, I don't, I've changed a lot in who I am. Like maybe my friends that I had 20 years ago are not the people that I would really want to be hanging out with. You know, I think yes. it's the same for men. Yes, you know, absolutely. We, we change. And, and I think to myself, you know, okay, who are my true friends and, and how do, how are people going to accept me? And I feel like that. And then, and then I think women have the added compounded problem of getting older and not feeling as valuable. There's something about reproduction and reproductive women because men can continue to reproduce. I literally had a patient last week, 68 year old man four-week-old baby can you imagine no uh, that's that sounds <laughs> dreadful to me it sounds dreadful to me which too. sounds harsh but right talking about everything we're trying to just keep our own lives on track and our health and our mental health that just sounds we, we're just because we can doesn't mean we should no. because because we're not wired a 68-year-old man is not wired for that. It is difficult, and it's going to be difficult Mentally for and emotionally. And his, That's just my his young layman's wife. opinion. No way. No, I, I agree. And, and so to me, I think, but men don't really have an expiration date like women do, and women have this very demarcated, an expiration date, I hate that. We have a very demarcated change that takes us from reproductive beings to non-reproductive beings. And that's a... In our society, where everything is about how you look and how young you are and anti-aging and staying young forever, you know, there's so many podcasts and platforms built on not aging and keeping you young. Where, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to, to feel young, to feel younger and to be healthy. And if you could look younger, that would be great. But we all know, like, time is catching up with us. We haven't yet found time is undefeated youth where we're all going to be alive forever. Maybe with AI and all this crazy stuff that's going on, maybe that's coming. And in my daughter's generations, maybe they will live healthfully to 130, 140 years old. But um, there's sort of an expiration date with women. So I wanted to, you know, and I started thinking like creating an event where women could come and. The older women could also help the younger women. That's another model that I think is sort of lost. Is that, um, is it already 830? 915. Oh, okay. 915. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, there's, there's the older women that are not, the younger women are not necessarily getting wise from the older women because society doesn't really value older women, right? Modern society. Modern no. society doesn't. Um, and we can talk about that, the grandmother hypothesis, which actually shows that older women are actually very important for the continuation of the species. You told me that about a month or two ago, and it was interesting. It seems so obvious once you say it, but it was interesting. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's older women don't require as much carbohydrate. 
and they can work just as hard. And the more grandmothers there, the more a woman has her mother around to help her, the more children she will have. So in a tribal setting, there will be more babies based on the families that have grandmothers. Makes perfect sense. Right. And in our, you know, the wise grandmother and the information that she can give throughout her life to her daughters, her granddaughters, her great-granddaughters, just for the things that men don't understand. Men can right. be so supportive today, and I would say men today are so supportive of things that, like, my grandfather's generation wasn't. They didn't, you know, talk about these things. They didn't, they didn't no. even do a dish in their house. You know, there, no. there was, like, roles. No. And I see the need for roles, but I also see that today's man is so different, and he is so much more involved. But, like, there's just certain things men will never understand because they're not a woman. And so bringing women together in these settings and then also beauty and food and all the things that I love in my life. And you come into this because you're a chef. Yeah. And I love food, but I do not want to cook food for like 50 women. Right. You know? And I was like, Scott, hey, what do you think about this idea I have? Of course, you're a man and I probably should find a woman chef. You know, I think about these things. But like... What I like about you, and you've attested to this, is that you really like women. And I think maybe even because of the... That needs a little... uh, You need to unpack (laughs) that a little. (laughs) Well, I think that you communicate well with women. And like you told me, you have a lot of women friends. I know your wife. She's very... Like you both are very social. You're you're both very social. She says I am. I don't think I am, but she says I am. So Yeah, you're very social. Um, You can kind of go between both sexes really easily some men can't do that sure well as we've talked i i have i have a well back to a few minutes ago i i'm very selective with my relationships and my time and my friends now um and i always say and i try to coach my kids too but i don't want i don't want a relationship or person in my life that i can't do anything for or they can can't do anything for me and do anything for me i mean provide a valuable friendship or conversation or something and so I've got a few friends that we drink beers and we have jokes and fun and it's all that, but I've definitely have narrowed into two or three male friends in my life that we just inevitably have fascinating, deep conversation, not all the time, but we can, and we can move to that very quickly. And they're very interesting to me. And we have regular coffee or we have beers and we talk and we mm-hmm. do these things and we, we have all sorts of fun and laughing too, which I mean, we're, we're men in the end, but I've always, for some reason, been very comfortable having friends that are women. Mm-hmm. And one of my oldest, dearest friends, we're going on 28, 29 years now. She lives in another state. But we, we can talk on the phone and not talk for a while. It's like we spoke two days ago. Mm-hmm. It's the old cliche, but it's true. And, and we have meaningful conversations. And I have a few female friends that I would say are almost as close as my male friends in terms of the conversation's just interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we have fun and do stuff too, but it's just, maybe I'm unique in that. I don't know. Sounds like maybe I am a little bit. Well, I know, I've known lots of men in my life that are like that, you know. To um, have ongoing lasting friendships with, with some yeah. women in my life, and I, it's very rewarding to me. Well, you know, there is this old adage of like, you can never be friends with the opposite sex, truly. Because there's always this weird um, tension. There's an undertow of there's tension, sure. There's an undertow sure. of tension. Sure. I think that's maybe true when you're younger. 
I, I have to say more because when you're younger, just even your hormones are different and what you're looking for in life is different. And I think women, especially just because of the way we're wired a little bit, is if you meet a man and he can actually have an amazing emotional conversation with you and it doesn't seem like he's just looking for one thing, you emotionally attract to that because it seems very rare when you're young. And you may find out Maybe he wasn't totally truthful and whatever, but I think women can be attracted to that. But I also think that there's a lot of people that you meet in your life that you are friends with that you're never attracted to. Like you don't, you, you see them as a friend. And I think that Agreed. that can be true be, between both men and women. I just think you have to be careful when you're younger because there's a lot more complication going on. Sure. You're looking for a sure. mate. You're looking sure. for that perfect person. Like at my age, I mean, I've been married a long time, so I don't even think like that. But yeah. I've noticed as you get older, even men, like you think about like, I mean, this girl's so young. Like, what am I going to talk to her about? Right. So you, you pick people that are more mm -hmm. like inclined with what you like and whatever. And I guess there's that old adage of men just go have middle, everybody does it, but like the midlife crisis sure. where you go get the sure. young girlfriend and all that. Sure. But I, I feel like there's a lot of deeper problems going on there. It's not just that, like you can't control yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't think you were ever taught properly taught how to communicate well. But I, I think it's common, and in your case, you know, um, I do like a bit of masculine energy, to tell you the truth, and I think women like that too. Now, when it comes to community and bringing women together, we have a very different subset of issues, problems, hormonal function than men do. And a lot of times, we don't want to talk about those things in front of men. It's not that we don't love men and we don't want them to be part of it, but there may we be just don't understand. They don't understand. And it's difficult, like expecting a man to understand, like giving birth to a baby. Right. Like even if he's in the room and he's there, he's probably thinking to himself, oh my God, I would never be able to do that. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But yeah. he, it's not, he doesn't understand. He's just never going to physically understand that. So I think that it's good to have a, some masculine energy, and that's why I've asked you to do this. So we should probably get to what, what I'm talking about here. But um, so with the retreat business, thinking about doing women's retreats. And we live in Bozeman, which is like one of these now, I guess, top 20 places in the world to live, yeah. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. And people want to come here. And as you know, like this morning, dude, this traffic was like, where am I living here? It's insane. I don't know what some people's definition of traffic is, well, but by my few definitions of traffic, we have traffic. Well, I lived in Seattle, so it's not Seattle. Of course. But compared to when I lived here as a kid, yeah. it is full on traffic. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's changed a lot. Yeah. But um, we have amazing places here that people want to visit. It's beautiful. Like right now, it is glorious. It's green. The bridgers are just... May and June are the, such pretty months here. Oh, you have like, snow-capped mountains and wildflowers and, gr and green yeah, grass. It's just It great. is my favorite time of year. No it's fires just, yet. No fires yet. Um, but we have the ability to have, you know, have beautiful places. And I, I do want to have retreats in nature. I think that it's important to be out and away. Um, I love at the summits, we have no cell phone service where we go. And that's another thing I really have loved. And, and like the retreat that we're going to be doing in September, yep. no cell phone service where right. we're at. Right. But the difference is, is that 
sometimes women like to be pampered a little bit more than men. Now, not always. There's women that are hardcore that listen to this, that go out and camp and do all that stuff. We'll all do that. But sometimes you want to go, you want to learn, you want to be in nature, but you also want to be pampered a little bit. And I think food is sort of, good food is sort of like pampering. Well, not right now you're in my wheelhouse, but food is the universal language. And right. And, and, Right down to the to, to the nitty gritty of there's ingredients that are global that every culture seems to use, right? Onions and tomatoes are pretty 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 universal, but it's the it's the social and family and hierarchy, you know, aspect of food that just it just brings people together. Mm-hmm. It's it's a language in and of itself. Mm-hmm. As chefs, we talk about the artistry, the creativity, all that's true, but what enough. What a lot of chefs don't talk about is is that it's it's a it's a language, mm-hmm. it's a language. You know, bring anybody around a table, and it 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 gets people to talk, right? And it starts with the food, good, bad, or otherwise, whatever mm-hmm. whatever that is. And it and it and it and that's where it gets conversation started, and then it just it just goes from there. And so that's why we kind of thought of a very important aspect to this event in September, uh, would be, you know, good food, mm-hmm. but food that coincides with the overall message and vision of the retreat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do, I do wine dinners. <clears throat> I pair with wine. We'll taste the wine in a group. And then I sort of focus the food around. I have the saying, it can't change what's in the bottle. So it's up to me as the chef to sort of create Flavors, temperatures, textures, um, flow that goes with a wine dinner. This is no different in that you have, in your role in this, you have a, a certain set of parameters as we're still talking about in terms of the health of the food. Mm-hmm. So I need to create, you know, seven or eight meals over the course of this weekend that coincide with what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? We're not gonna, we're not gonna look at this demographic of, of women and the health, and then I'm gonna make you know donuts and chocolate cake, right? It's not about that. Right. So how how does the cuisine fit in? Yeah, flavorful, <laughs> fun, creative. Create a create a warm room where, you know, we'll have some helpers, of course, but while we're preparing things, if there's some downtime. Come into the area where we're where we're where we're cooking. Come into the kitchen. Ask questions. Talk to us. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to me. Yeah, yeah. We've been really fortunate because we've kind of been hooked up with some amazing people that I think are going to also come in and add a lot to the food part of it. Um, so basically, what it is is it's going to be my first retreat. Uh, I guess I should just say like. I've started working on a website, getting everything together. And by the time this podcast comes out, you should be able to go there and visit. It's very raw. This is new. This is the flagship retreat. You know, I don't have any content pictures. I don't have any of that yet. Um, But it's, um, you know, my little side retreat business uh, called Harasante Health Retreats. And harasanteretreats.com is where you can go read about it. And the first retreat is going to be really, uh, it's going to be a women's retreat and it's going to be focused on perimenopause and menopause. So what that would be age range is mid thirties to 
60 or whatever, right? Um, and this is the age of women that I work with. So this is the age of women that I'm very comfortable working with. And this is the age that I am. So the cool thing is, is that I can sympathize with every stage. I understand it now. I'm not a 30-year-old doctor who doesn't understand perimenopause or menopause or postmenopause. So I can um, speak to these things. But also bringing this group of women together to experience, um, you know, health topics, talking about hormones, talking about everything that's going on with them. We're going to be um, offering some DNA testing that will go along with the ticket. So that will be part of it. The food piece of it is you will be creating meals. Um, this is all inclusive. So everybody comes mm -hmm. and they get their meals for the whole time they're there, but they're going to be tailored to helping, you know, giving beauty, color, nutrients, like all the things that we'll be talking about that weekend. And then we also have, um, the Montana State University, the nutrition program and master's program there in sustainable food and culinary medicine, they have possibly agreed to come and bring interns and to help us understand food even more, mm -hmm. which is really exciting because these are it students is. and instructors who work in the university system who are actually making really valuable changes in the way they're training people about nutrition. Yep. When I went to school, I went to what was called like a hippy-dippy nutrition school, and that was kind of out there. From what I understand, that's becoming more mainstream, and especially the topics Ryan and I have focused on for many years, soil quality, sustainability, um, organic, like all these things. So I'm really excited about that, and I think we've got some commitment from that team to come and support the women at this retreat as well. Um, I'm also going to have all other instructors and coaches, and these are all gonna be women in the community here that are middle age. These are not, these right. are women that understand and they all have their own unique story to share. And they will be doing their, um, you know, what they specialize in. So I, I have my chiropractors gonna be coming doing breath work instruction. Uh, another patient of mine, she's a therapeutic a movement specialist, so m movement. Um, my best friend from high school, who's my dearest oldest friend, she's going to come and she's a social worker and she's going to come talk about unpacking our traumas and moving forward out of what's holding us back. Um, you'll be there cooking delicious food and I'm still working on all the pieces of this, but the location is amazing because it's right outside of Bozeman. It's in the Bridgers. It's sort of off-grid. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it's a wedding event venue, basically, but it looks out in, into the Bridgers there. Um, it has all the amenities. We have rooms inside the barn, and we have glamping tents on Bracket Creek. Um, and it's an amazing facility. Yeah. It's got two kitchens, one gourmet kitchen, like... It's set up for exactly what we wanted to offer. So it's got also two miles of hiking. It's got fishing yep. there in the creek. So there's lots of things that we can incorporate in free time that can be had. And I'm still developing the itinerary. I'm still developing what that looks like. But it's happening in September. Now, those of you who are hunters, elk hunters right now are going like, what? September? Yeah, it's not meant for you. Uh, it's not meant for the avid elk hunter who wants to go hunting in September. 
it's meant for the women who would benefit from this and it's 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 for those the wives it's for your wives it's for that's a time for them to come if you're going to go hunting send your wife to this if she wants to come um, it'll be that first weekend of September. I think it's like the 7th. 7th through 9th, the 10th. 10th. So it'll be a Thursday, Thursday Friday, Saturday arrival. night. Education and events uh, all day Friday, Saturday, and half day Sunday. So With some downtime. Lots of downtime. You know, a little like just right, yep. do, do your own thing. Gifts and food and drink and uh, everything and beauty, you know, and making you feel pampered while at the same time you're learning you're, and you're gaining community. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing to me. And again, back to the Western Hunting Summits, that's what we've gained from that is community. And so that's what I want to offer with this first retreat. So it's called Healing into Midlife. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I am too. Yeah. I am too. One of the most fascinating things about modern medicine is all of the advancements coming out to help us better understand our bodies. Uh, I remember, gosh, over a decade ago, 23andMe came out. This was genetic testing that could look and basically map your genome and tell you health traits. So about 12 years ago, I did the 23andMe And it told me a lot of interesting information. But back then, this type of testing was very controversial and it did have flaws. So as the decade has gone on, we have seen a lot of advancement in genomic testing and interpretation. So lately, I've been working with this company with my patients um, that is really taking everything that we've heard about genetic testing and making it it into usable information that it looks at your DNA and tells you exactly what your body needs based on your DNA. This way you can stop guessing and get the answers that you want from your DNA, hopefully to help unlock improved health in the future. Another thing to think about, if you have children, have you ever thought about why you might have two children from the same parents, but they are so completely different? It's because even though they have you and your husband's DNA, they have a different combination. And so this is why each person is uniquely themselves. So this company that I've been working with is called the thednacompany.com. They have a very a uh, cool story. The creator of this, um, he has an amazing story how he used this technology to improve his own health. And he was in the tech industry and realized that this was something that is really, really needed. And so he took it upon himself to start this company and to start looking into people's DNA and helping to create reports and useful information that can be taken and used in your daily life. So here's a few things that the DNA company test will do. It will discover which foods are right for you based on your DNA. It will discover which supplements are right for you based on your DNA, what environment is right for you, what lifestyle is right for you, which workouts are right for you, um, what some of your risks are. 
and how to lower your risk making choices based on your DNA. Now, we know in medicine that you can't base everything on DNA, right? We hear about getting regular blood work done. And a lot of these tests are looking at what's going on in the body right now. The DNA is actually looking at who you are at that level. And then based on what you're doing in your lifestyle, what food you're eating, or what food you should be eating and you're not, what nutrients you should be getting, or actually how is your body utilizing your nutrients? One example is vitamin D. This test is really cool because it runs three different markers or SNPs of DNA related to vitamin D. Now we know um, just in the last three years, vitamin D has become a big topic. And in my clinical practice, I routinely, 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 every day, multiple times a day, test people and have uh, people have low or very low normal vitamin D. So what is it about vitamin D that's so unique? Well, there's actually three different phases of vitamin D that you need to know about. So when you take a supplement, you think, okay, I'm going to take this supplement. It's just going to help me with my vitamin D. But what you may not know is that there's three different ways in which your body is getting vitamin D to the receptor. So then it can act in the cell and do what it needs to do. One is most of us make vitamin D through our skin. We convert from vitamin D to from the sun to vitamin D3. Did you know genetically some people don't do that very well? Okay, so even going out in the sun, people say, oh, summer's coming, I'm going out in the sun, I don't need to take my vitamin D. Well, that may not, not necessarily be true. The second one is how well does vitamin D move around your body? Do you know that? And if you're taking one dose of vitamin D a day, you might actually need to take two doses split up because that part of your DNA, you can't move vitamin D around your body consistently and efficiently. The third one is receptor activity. How well can vitamin D bind to your receptors? These are usually called VDR receptor SNPs. And we have genetics that dictate how well we bind vitamin D to our receptor. So let's just say you have one of those three off. Maybe you don't convert it from the sun. Maybe you don't bind it to your receptor very well. Maybe you don't move it around your body very well. But imagine if you had two of those, maybe three of those. And I can tell you that I have some patients. I, we've done everything with vitamin D um, and their vitamin D just does not go up and we have to resort to injections or things like that. So this test will tell you that. That is only one of dozens of reports it's going to give you. And so I love using this test with my patients, especially my hard to um, figure out patients, what's going on, and just also healthy people that are wanting to optimize their health, like me. I'm always looking to optimize my health. So I want to know more about myself. Now, also my children, I want to know about them. And you can find things out about your children that might be very helpful for their continued health and help you understand too why they might be having some of the problems they are. So if I haven't got you excited about doing DNA testing, let me tell you what's even more exciting now is the price. When I got out of medical school, DNA testing was thousands of dollars. Even back then, the 23andMe was about $400 to $500 but they didn't give you much of anything. They told you some health traits and that was about it. Um, now, of course, it's $99, but they're not really giving you any useful lifestyle information. Um, and if you've ever done it, you'll know what I mean. 
The other thing is 23andMe sells your information to other companies. I didn't know this when I did it because it was so exciting back then I did it, but we now know that that does happen. And so this company is dedicated. They do not sell. Um, when you send your test in, they do all the testing. It's anonymous. And so they have made a commitment not to sell any data outside of their organization, which I think is very, very, very important. So their tests run at $4.99, which is crazy for everything that you get. I literally had a patient print out his report. It was the size of a large binder, a large binder that maybe you had in college that you printed out that looks like a novel. It's literally the size of a novel. Not only that, they are going to give you what's called your own gene cast. So if you don't like to read, you can listen to a very own podcast they made just for you. So you can listen to yourself about uh, and your DNA. It's really cool. So if you want to try this out, if you want to order this for your family, you can do it at home and you can get the reports. You do not have to have a healthcare provider go over this with you, even though I, as a healthcare provider with my patients, I will get a clinician report when my patient does it. And then I can go through all of this information, but they have made this so user-friendly. It's unbelievable. And they also have their own unique um, group of physicians and lifestyle coaches and stuff that you can work with if you want on your DNA testing. So if you are interested, go to thednacompany.com, thednacompany.com slash stahealthy, slash stahealthy, and that will give you 10% off your testing. You can also use the code stahealthy at checkout. Both of those will work. So thednacompany.com slash stealthy, get your own unique DNA testing and find out, stop guessing and get the answers about your own DNA. It's It's been a great, just even so far, the journey of coming up with this. Remember the first time we met in the juice bar to kind of talk about this. Um, yeah, wow. And then move forward to, again, this is a huge challenge for me. You know, events are one thing. Events are always, we always just, chefs, we always stress about multi-day, multi-events, you know, I'm going to call my camper there so I can essentially live there for four days <laughs> yeah. behind the barn. But um, preparing meals that are sensible and congruent with what we're trying to achieve for the whole weekend, that's mm-hmm. harder than it mm-hmm. sounds. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, it seems easy, but what's hard to me is preparing that much. I've been there with the summits, like preparing that much healthy food and, you know, not just doing burgers, right? Right. Burgers are easy. And even Ryan and I this year are struggling with like, we don't want to have as much bread. Like we want to, you know, so that's a struggle, right. For you, because you're used to cooking just for flavor and and this, but I think, I think it's going to help. I think it'll be great for you. And I think you'll see that you can actually stretch it more than you think you can. It's going to be fun. And, um, but I'm ask really me again excited. on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> well, no, it's going to be great. So if you, if, if anybody's interested, who's listening to this, if it, if you get a little bit of sense of like, I want to learn more about this, you can go to Hera, H-E-A-H-E-R-A, Sante, S-A-N-T-E, uh, retreats.com. Hera was the Greek goddess she was Zeus's wife, and she was the Greek goddess of love, marriage, and she watched over women in childbirth. So she was like of commitment. She was like a grandmother, and she was also very beautiful. So she had all these things, but she was a torn woman. 
because she kind of lived with a lot of strife. And so history kind of makes her seem like a vengeful, torn woman. But I think she embodies what all women go through, you know. And Sante is French for health. So it basically means queen. Hera means queen in Greek. Queen health. And that's what it stands for. Um, Ryan's kind of funny. He's like, huh, oh, what? You know, right, my husband is so logical and like, well, but I like you. You were like, I think I like it. The more I say it, I like it. And As an amateur writer, I liked how the words, I liked how the words just flowed yeah. and what it, what it meant when you described, uh, I knew very little of Hera until we talked a little yeah. bit. She I knew, I knew, I knew Sante. In, when you read about her, but if you dig into her, you find yeah. out why she doesn't have a great reputation, right. at least among the men yeah. in, uh, in it. But she's a powerful woman. So I just wanted to chat and get you on here and announce this. And it's kind of a big deal for me and uh, another business that I'm jumping into. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we'll do another podcast about food. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely do one uh, after that weekend to see uh, how yeah. you survive it. Yeah. And maybe as we develop this, we have another one this summer that we, yeah. as we get closer, yeah. this is a, this get is a little a more detail. creative project that I think is going to bloom. And I hope to be offering other retreats in all different kinds of locations for all different types of women. And so anyways, cool. I know you got to go. You start a new job today. Yes. So I can't yes. make you late. And no. I was late today. So no. I'm sorry. But. We made it. We made it work. Yep. So. All right, Scott. Have a good okay. day. Good Thanks. Luck. Bye.